Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and unlearning the programming within us. Let's uncover your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. Emotions buried alive never die. The anecdote is really feeling it to heal it, whether it's journaling or sitting there. Float tank's a great way to do it because there's nothing there to distract you, right? There's so much stimulation we're constantly being inundated with. Emails or research or whatever, it's just to keep me away from feeling what I need to feel in that moment and I'm not comfortable feeling it. Yeah, but really floating or sensory deprivation is another name for it is a powerful healing tool really involves getting in a big, usually an egg shaped hot tub type tank. But inside this tank is one of the most unique healing environments on the face of planet earth. There's 10 inches of water, but in these 10 inches of water is over a thousand pounds of therapeutic grade magnesium salts, commonly Epsom salts. Health benefits of Epsom salts alone have been well known and well documented for hundreds of years at this point. Really what's so cool about that is it creates this extremely buoyant saltwater solution. So it enables effortless floating inside that tank, it's actually totally void of all external sensory inputs altogether. So usually within like a half hour of entering one of the chambers, dude, your brain loses sensation of where your body ends and where the water begins, which can lead to profound spiritual, oftentimes life-changing experiences. Damn. Okay. Talk to me more about benefits. Really, they can be summed up as these three. All the benefits you're getting from the sensory deprivation. Now we have an infinite amount of more brain power that we can put towards whatever it is we really truly have to do. Whether that's recover from a chronic injury like TBI concussion, whether it's relax, recover, or de-stress better than ever before, we can do that in the sensory deprivation. Plus, we're getting all the benefits from the zero gravity environment as well. And your blood vasculature can totally relax and your capillaries can totally vasodilate. Oh. So what we see is this huge increase in surge in things like blood flow and oxygen flow and microcirculation to every part of the body. Thirdly, is really the pillar of benefits that's captured my heart. The fact that while you're laying in the zero gravity sensory deprived tank, you're also soaking up magnesium transdermally through your skin during the entirety of every single float session. Max Casa, straight out of Wakefield, Mass, via Hawaii. Where in Hawaii were you guys? We were at Oahu. Okay. Oahu, southeast corner of Oahu down there. Just tearing it up down there this past year. What, what, how'd you choose Hawaii? Really, really primarily because of our six-year-old. We were looking to do the whole, the whole unschooling thing with her. And um, yeah, just felt kind of limited in certain areas back in Massachusetts and <laughs> want to give her a best life. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's brilliant. <laughs> so we wanted to give her a best life and we felt, felt Oahu was a good spot for it, dude. Yes, we're right at the base of this huge volcano down there on a self-sustaining farm and just soaking up all the skills of like how to be self-sustaining while also soaking up as much adventure as possible between the hikes and the ocean and the snorkeling and swimming with dolphins and all of it, dude. So it was, it was epic. Wow. So has this always been in your blood to like kind of seek out an adventure like this? Uh, and I'm, the re- I don't mean to kind of generalize, but it, you know, I grew up in Maine. You grew up in Massachusetts. It's not a, an area maybe that um, supports that in a, in a way, but have you, has this been something that's been part of your DNA? That's interesting, but I'd say yes. <laughs> yeah. From, from a young age, definitely looking to push the limits of my physiology and 
my mentality, um, eventually spirituality once I got to that point as well, but, um, a lifelong martial artist at the core of it. So that, that tells you, yeah, that's about there. That's definitely not a, not a ton of that. Maybe in, in our neck of the woods, maybe out in Cali and stuff like that. It's, it's more prevalent. And so what, how else did that show up in your life that kind of bucking the trend and kind of walking your own path? Mm. So certainly the martial arts, but definitely in my younger years as a teen as well, where I was constantly pushing the envelope and um, getting into some mischief on occasion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whether it was um, just disobeying or in school, I kind of didn't, didn't have a, a good grip on that. I almost felt called to rebel. And as I've done more shadow work on that, I feel it was coming from a part of me that was seeking some form of attention. Um, these things are just taking everything to the absolute extreme and its limits, whether it was martial arts, and that certainly helped me for a long period of my life, but didn't help so much in school per se. I mean, it all, all ends up turning out because um, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, much like yourself and yeah. um, doing that whole thing. So not that school was my route, but definitely it showed up in many areas, whether it was school, martial arts, social life, partying, whatever it was, um, until I made that 180, which is around the same time that I got introduced to, to floating and some other plant medicines there. Okay. So I'm curious, how, how did your parents respond to this rebelling? <laughs> At first, I, part of the reason the rebelling occurred was because certainly because they were so tight, um, or on top of my oldest sister, right? And so I have an older sister that's two years older. And they were super on top for, for everything from school and the grades and got, got having to have straight A's and stuff like that, um, doing the homework, all that. So that's just something that I got so re repelled by, especially since she was doing such an incredible job at that. There's no way I could have possibly. You're like, they're fucking all over her. She's killing it. Yeah, she's operating at a high level. I can't do that. Like I've got to, I needed a new path. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's kind of how I blazed my way, which was an ulterior path. Um, through chaos in certain ways, but it all came full circle because I realized those parts of me and um, began to integrate them. Were there, were there times in your teens when you were having this rebellious phase and your parents were like, he's fucked. Like we, we almost like giving up some sort of hope on like what your path was going to look like. For sure. You could feel that. Yeah. Big time, especially around the time. I mean, there was a few fights and some things going on with court and, um, eventually, uh, court light life altering. Like what kind crash. of, what kind of stuff with court? And I'm, <laughs> it's like, I'm guessing on a speeding ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Not a speeding ticket. It, I mean, I was into plant medicines even back then, especially like cannabis. And back then it was illegal as well. So ended up getting in some fights over that. Um, yeah. I haven't settled some stuff there, <laughs> which I would definitely handle differently nowadays. But, uh, but yeah, it was all part of the journey and part of the path, but whether it was, yeah, but, but it all, all came full circle. But yeah, so some, some altercations with that um, use of cannabis and potentially selling cannabis or some fights over it and things like that. But uh, ultimately, a life-altering car crash around that same point in my life as well. How old were you? I was 16. 16. Was, was the, were you at fault in the accident? or I, I was in the backseat. One of my buddies was driving and someone blew a stop sign and um, T-boned us right on my side. And I, I wasn't wearing a seatbelt at the time something I always do now <laughs> for sure. Cause I've been kicked in the head, kneed in the head, elbowed in the head 
tens of thousands of times from very high level professional fighters and nothing could even come close to the impact that an automobile could, could deliver like that. So I ended up flying into the, um, the handle right above the window and split my head pretty good. Um, and that was kind of just the reset that I needed at that point in my life. It's what the universe delivered to me to give me a reset and just six to eight months of doing absolutely nothing. And at that same point in my life, in seeking other modalities to kind of heal. Um, and that's, that's where I discovered things like float therapy. When you were like in your teens, that's when you discovered it. Yeah. Damn. Around that time. Six Who introduced you to that? Because it, it's very, very few people kind of understand that. And it's funny. We were just talking about before we started that it's something that I'm aware of through the work of Dr. Dan Engel that float tanks are, are amazing for TBIs and, and concussions and whatnot. But I feel like I'm kind of deep down some rabbit hole. So I know that, but most people don't. How, do, how, how did you get introduced? Was it through your own internet research or did you have someone that really understood this? Yeah. So really as a lifelong martial artist, I was just, as I got older in the martial arts and started teaching, competing more, I was just constantly looking for ways to optimize my mind and body. You know, so I, it was kind of always on my radar, nothing I'd really pursued or went balls deep in right away, uh, making it a real practice. But um, yeah, dude, I remember I was leaving the hospital or really my house for one of the first times after this car crash and ended up going into a float center, which at the time, this is like eight years back, it was one of the only float centers in all of Massachusetts, uh, all of New England. I was going to say, bring me all of the country. I mean, dude, it's yeah. just not... Prevalent. Totally. And, and it's been awesome to see how the former therapy's totally exploded these past 10 years. But um, yeah, so I went into that tank, dude, and that's really the prime environment for TBI or concussions or anyone battling with any sort of traumatic brain injury there. Because what's the protocol? Even Dr. Engel talks about when you have concussions and TBI, getting away from the screens, getting away from the stimulation, going into a silent dark room this float tank is doing that for you. It's cutting out all that external information to the brain for you. Um, so it's kind of a cheat to meditation and a cheat to accelerating the recovery of my TBI. Have, are you familiar with Kuya here in Austin? I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Well, Dr. Dan's one of the partners at Kuya and they have float oh. tanks there. So I know Alive and Well doesn't, but if while you're in town, you definitely got to check it out. And I'm happy to connect you with Gunter, who's the the kind of the head guy over there. Cool, dude. But yeah, they, they have an amazing, they have three float tanks, beautiful space, sauna, cold plunge. It's, um, yeah, you'll totally dig it. Yeah. So where do you have to do that after, after we, we finish up here, but no, 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 no. okay. So I, I want to dig a little bit deeper into this. Um, we got a lot to cover today cause you're, you're doing some really cool stuff. So you're in your mid twenties. Yeah. 24. I'm just doing the math there. 16, eight years. Yeah. Wow. Damn young puppies <laughs> twice his age. Studs. Studs. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's talk about, um, you know, overstimulation for, for those. And again, you're not a doctor, but you understand this, right? So with full disclaimer, um, you've done enough of your own work to, to really speak on this. People who are struggling with TBIs and they, they're, um, as you were saying before we started, they overcompensate by all these different sensory inputs, whether it's sound, sight, touch. Um, what, why is that? 
the way I look at it is similar to someone that's stressed out or suppressing a lot of emotions, whether it's anger or sadness or disappointment or stress, whatever it is. Um, maybe they're mindlessly, I'm sure many of us know people like this that are mindlessly running around the house doing chores, for example, um, or just constant. Maybe they're, I got to get my kids to mindlessly do chores. They certainly don't mindfully do them. <laughs> I'm, being gentle kids. I'm sorry. Yeah. So maybe not that, but may, I'm sure some of yeah. them siphon into other things. Um, and they kind of the busyness leak into other things and don't allow them to really fully sit with those emotions and what's going on up top psychologically in the head. Um, and when we do, it can be uncomfortable. Naturally, it can be uncomfortable at times to do the shadow work and sit there with our feelings and feel them fully. But the issue is that emotions buried alive never die, right? Mm. So these things continue to build up and build up until they're bubbling uh, over the brim of the cup eventually per se. But um, yeah, the anecdote is really feeling it to heal it, whether it's journaling or sitting there. A float tank's a great way to do it because there's nothing there to distract you. Um, so I know for a lot of people, there's so many things that we're constantly being pinged with, right? There's so much stimulation we're constantly being inundated with, even right now, from the light to the sound to smartphones and screens where it's constantly lighting up our brain. It's an addiction. Um, it releases dopamine and all these other things, all these other neurotransmitters. Um, yeah, so taking the time to get away from all these stressors in the external world, because that's what they are. They are stressors and they're re... Um, almost re-emphasizing that stress that they feel deep down inside. So it's a common distraction and the anecdotes taking some time away from it and connecting with those parts. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that resonates for me too. I know I've gotten in cycles where I've been busy and it's like, there's like never enough input, whether it's emails or research or whatever. It's just to keep me away from feeling what I need to feel in that moment. And I'm not comfortable feeling it. Mm -hmm. So I get that. Totally. Yeah, dude, for people that are, are listening that may not be familiar, I can break down what floating is. Let's do it. That would help too. Yeah. Um, yeah, but really floating or sensory deprivation is another name for it, is a powerful healing tool that's totally taken the West Coast and Europe by storm these past 10 to 20 years now. But um, really involves getting in a big, usually an egg-shaped hot tub type tank, usually with the lid over the top. Although if you checked out our site, there's some tanks that don't have lids and they're fully open as well. Um, and what do you do? Where do you wear like an eye mask or something to keep the darkness or you can, but usually it's still sensory deprivation, but it's just maybe it's in. So maybe the 10 by 10 tank is in a 12 by 12 foot room. Right. But now that room is just sensory deprived. So there's no windows in the room. And now there's actually a heating panel that would go on the ceiling. That's heating and calibrating that air in between the floaters belly and the ceiling as well. So you're still getting, um, still nulling out the, the sensations, all of them, but especially. And do you do that because people uh, maybe get a little claustrophobic? Yeah. Is that why you'd have an open? That's one top? way. That's definitely one, yeah. one reason it emerged for people that are highly anxious or claustrophobic. Getting in a pod, they have some sort of barrier to entry. It's kind of taken away from that and coming out with the open style tanks been a cool, cool addition to the industry. I haven't seen that before. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So you've got that. Yep. So you got this big, usually an egg-shaped hot tub type tank with a lid over the top. But inside this tank is one of the most unique healing environments on the face of planet Earth. Because inside this tank, there's 10 inches of water. But in these 10 inches of water is 
over a thousand pounds of therapeutic grade magnesium salts, commonly Epsom salts. And the health benefits of Epsom salts alone have been well known and well documented for hundreds of years at this point. But really what's so cool about that is it creates this extremely buoyant saltwater solution, dude, that I could literally take a bowling ball, put it in the water, and it would easily float to the top like a cork. So it enables effortless floating. But it isn't just the 1,000 pounds of magnesium salts makes this one of the most unique environments on earth because inside that tank, it's actually totally void of all external sensory inputs altogether, right? So that means in a tank like this, there's no light, not even a single photon of light is entering the user's experience at all. There's no sound because not only is the tank itself sound resistant, but the user's also wearing earplugs. There's no smells, there's no tastes, there's no movement, there's no speech, and there's not even a sensation of touch inside this tank because we had just touched on the saltwater solution in there and the air inside the chamber is precisely heated and kept at a constant 94.5 degrees Fahrenheit. And what's so cool about 94.5 is the exact same temperature as the external layer of your skin, your epidermis. Mm. So usually what happens then like- I'm going to ask why that, because it was 96.3, is that what the internal is? Yeah, usually like 98.6. Oh, 98.6, there we go. Yeah, I was like, "Mm, that's different. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Yeah, so it's a little bit cooler, um, the external layer, but so usually within like a half hour of entering one of the chambers, dude, your brain loses sensation of where your body ends and where the water begins, which can lead to profound spiritual, oftentimes life-changing experiences. Yeah, ultimately it's easy to get inside the tank and laying back and floating. Now I've had some experience with that and I, I know it took me maybe the second time or the third time where I really was able to drop in because it is a little bit uh, foreign, a practice. right? Is that, is that what you found where most people it takes a, a little bit of kind of acclimating to that? Totally. I mean, similar to meditation or anything yeah. like that, you know, but that's why we always recommend like three floats in a short period of time. Because maybe that first float session, maybe it takes you 45 minutes to really relax and drop. Oh yeah, because your mind's just rolling. Am I supposed to feel, I'm not feeling anything. Am I feeling something? (laughs) What is this? What's going on? Yeah, your mind is just racing. Totally, dude. Like, am I waiting, like waiting for something to pop out at you? (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, so maybe it takes you 45 minutes to really relax and then you get the last 15 minutes of benefits. It's It's a 60 minute session there. Not that you're not soaking up benefits those first 45 minutes, but more of the parasympathetic relaxation benefits you're seeing, you'd really tap into the 15. But like you said, maybe your second or third session, maybe you can relax in 30 minutes and then 15. And then it's like right away, you can start soaking up more of the benefits from that 60 minute float session. So it's definitely a practice and something that takes at least three floats in a short period of time. Yeah. How often are you doing it? Ideally daily. Um, dude, oh, it's, it's, it's a rare occasion that I haven't got my float on at this point today. <laughs> Damn. And is it a 60 minute session generally or do you vary it? Yeah, typically. Usually I like to go, I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll rip 20, 25 minute power naps in there too. But um, one of the main benefits of floating, which I'm sure we'll dive into as well, is the magnesium that's being absorbed during the session as well. And we start to see that magnesium absorption really start to peak at like that 45 minute mark. So that's something for me that I prioritize. Um, that's a big aspect for me. So usually trying to shoot for that 45 or 60 minute mark is ideal. Now you mentioned Epsom salt, but I know that you have a product called, is it what? Vitality salts? It's the one man. 230% more magnesium than Epsom salt. Is that, is that I read that correctly? Yes, sir. Nice. He already knows the stuff. So, uh, 
I mean, that sounds pretty potent. And I'm, I'm imagining, obviously, you at home have that. Um, are you seeing, you know, are you selling this to, to float tanks like a place like Kuya? Say, hey, look, you can upgrade your, your salts with this. Totally. Yeah, dude. Because we kind of run through and the way my mind always works, it's always fixated on optimization. So everything. So whether it's optimizing the float tank itself. So now our, our float tanks are totally EMF shielded. Um, they emit no native EMF. They're EMF shielded, all that jazz. Like they have the powerful underwater sound transducers, which are really interesting too, where powerful like sound transducers you find on the, the back of a yacht or something where it's actually transmitting the frequencies of sound which you can plug into on the aux cord of the back of the tank directly into the saltwater solution and directly into every cell and tissue in the user's body. So it's a totally different experience of sound. Um, that brings up this whole realm that I'm sure we can dive into later as well of passive floats versus active floats, um, which is an interesting... Let's part. dig into it right now. I'm curious. <laughs> you piqued <laughs> well, my interest. Why well, wait, eh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so basically an act, a passive float would be it's just going back to what your intention is for the float session. So it's always wise to set your intention to be in a float session. Um, but a passive float would be kind of having the intention to surrender to the medicine that is silent darkness, right? So silent darkness is a powerful medicine. And maybe just setting the intention to surrender to that, to open up your heart as deeply as possible and um, connect with your inner being, right? But more so focused on the silent darkness itself, where the Active float is on the other end of that spectrum where now maybe you're leveraging those powerful underwater sound transducers on the back of the tank where you're plugging in maybe a powerful, uh, so now maybe you're listening to your favorite song or powerful frequencies or guided meditations or breathwork tracks or one that's really interesting is um, hypnosis inside the float tank. It's shown to be over five times more effective when done in sensory deprivation Versus when it's done outside the float tank. Because you're not distracted by a bunch of other stuff. Big time. Your, your subconscious mind has put all that brain power and consciousness towards the sublingual messages that are coming in, which is really cool. But well, I'll give you one more. Even the Navy SEALs have been leveraging it for many things. <laughs> They've been doing it for many things. Maybe a little brainwashing mixed in there. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> subliminal <laughs> messages. I love it. But, uh, but one that they've come out recently stating is the fact they've been able to speed learn languages inside the float tank or any speed learn anything, but they've been able to accelerate their learning of the seals languages from six months, which it was typically taking them to learn a language, cutting it down to just six weeks, which is incredible, dude. We're talking a 78% acceleration in the speed of their learning just by doing it in sensory deprivation. And all the other benefits that they're getting by being in the space. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Damn. I've actually never heard of this active space. That's really cool. Wow. Yeah. Do you have uh, like tracks since like when you, you sell the um, pods, vitality pods? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You sell them. So do you, do you uh, make these things available as well if you buy one of these? Totally. Okay. Yeah, we, have the, we have the soundtracks. It's like a, a whole playlist type thing. We have powerful frequencies and guided meditations and breathwork tracks. A lot of our favorites. Um, we sit in a lot of ceremony circles as well. So a lot of those songs, um, those Icaros tend to pair beautifully when you're in a space like that. And you can really just feel your energy body inside the tank as well and how the sound is moving you um, on a deep level. 
in, in human, which is really, really cool. Damn. Okay. Talk to me more about benefits. I know we were, before we got on, Lindsay was, who's here with us, was curious about them. She's like, okay, I'm going to wait for you guys to talk about on the podcast. So <laughs> let's talk benefits. I know let's start with the, the stuff with the TBIs and concussions. Totally. Yeah. So there's so many pieces to the benefits. Um, as we talked about the TBI and the concussions and just going into that sensory deprivation space. It's really when I'm thinking benefits, there's three main pillars of benefits that are responsible for all the healings that we're seeing here. Really, they can be summed up as these three. So one that we're talking about with the TBI is all the benefits you're getting from the sensory deprivation, right? Because you're in the space where you're not being inundated by all this sensory over information anymore, right? Where we're, co- we're constantly being hit and lit up with over 10 million bits of sensory information every single second of the day. And the issue is our conscious mind is only capable of processing between 30 and 50 bits of information per second, right? So this over sensory information is a huge stressor to our system. And we can unplug from that. What we find is our, we can kind of, our consciousness isn't being ripped into the external world anymore. We can start taking that back. Now we have an infinite amount of more brain power that we can put towards whatever it is we really truly have to do whether that's recover from a chronic injury like TBI concussion, whether it's relax, recover, or de-stress better than ever before, we can do that in the sensory deprivation. Plus, we're getting all the benefits from the zero gravity environment as well, right? So we got to keep in mind, this is totally unlike a bed or a mattress at the end of the night where there's thousands of springs and pain points cutting off your microcirculation, right? Because when you're in a true zero gravity environment, there's none of that, right? And your blood vasculature can totally relax. And your capillaries can totally vasodilate. Oh, yeah. So what we see is this huge increase in surge in things like blood flow and oxygen flow and microcirculation to every part of the body, which is incredibly healing for thousands of ailments as well. And, <laughs> and then thirdly, is really the pillar of benefits that's captured my heart these past many years is the fact that while you're laying in the zero gravity sensory deprived tank, you're also soaking up magnesium transdermally through your skin during the entirety of every single float session. I mean, I so want one of these. I'm just trying to figure out where I can put it. Lindsay's in. <laughs> She's going to design where it goes. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of gadgets. This one, again, I, I've understood to some degree the benefits of, of float tanks and have had the own ex- my own experience with it where it's just like, oh, you just drop in and you feel when you come out of that experience, it's, you're just different, you know? And I think speaking for myself, I could use a lot more of that dropping in and it, it is, it's, it's a bit of a cheat code. You can sit here and meditate and try these other things and th- th- that works. But I, I you know, I, I do enjoy a good shortcut here and there, but there's so many other benefits. And I think the, the magnesium one is, you know, my wife loves her baths. Um, so I'm definitely going to scoop some of this, you know, jacked up magnesium vitality sauce that you have. I think she'll love that. Um, yeah, dude, I'll get you some for sure. It should be all over it. She'll yeah. be flying around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't, do I want that? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So what other benefits do we have? Yeah. So I think even to go deeper on the magnesium, yes. as well, which, which could be interesting is <laughs> this is very important. Shouldn't be overlooked. Because magnesium is one, the fourth most abundant mineral in the human body. 
It's the second most abundant mineral or supposed to be the second most abundant mineral inside each of our cells, right? It's responsible for over 3,700 enzymatic reactions, which sounds like a lot, but it really clicked for me when I learned that we only have 9,000 enzymes that run the body. So this equates to over 42% of our electrical being and our metabolism being totally run independent on this one master mineral. Now, over 95% of Americans or Westerners are extremely magnesium deficient. And the idea that we're, we're going to try to get even a fraction of as much magnesium as we need per day through our food is a fallacy. Yeah. You know, soils depleted in factory farming and acid rain and NPK fertilizer and bio sludge tap water they're being watered with. The, the soils are shot of their minerals and the, the plants will only have as much minerals as the soils that they're growing. So when people hear this, they typically want to run to oral supplementation, which is great and definitely has its place as a tool. But the studies on oral supplementation show that it takes nine to 12 months to have any impact at all on our red blood cell magnesium levels, which is one of the most accurate magnesium tests that we have to date. And anyone at home that wants to test their, their red blood cell magnesium levels or anything like that, um, you can do so requestatest.com. It's like 35 bucks. Oh. You, can, you can order a RBC mag test right to your door. Um, so I'm sure we can throw the, the link in the bio. I was going to say, let's throw that in there. I'm going to do a before and after. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, bro. Let's test it. What did you say, Lens? <laughs> uh, what, was, what was the name of that again? What was the test? Oh, R, uh, RBC or red blood cell magnesium test. And then requestatest.com. Requestatest.com. Sure we got that. We got that. Link it up. What's your magnesium levels? latest ones you've checked opt off really <laughs> optimized dude and so that I mean, i'm guessing that has a lot to do with the the function of the mitochondria and big time and that, that's a huge part of our, our philosophy at max vitality so we ended up which is interesting but launching at the beginning of this year um an mvp protocol or max vitality protocol where we're literally doing just that but guiding people on how to optimize their mineral levels um, because research shows that our minerals are the backbone of our hormonal health, our enzymatic health, our metabolism, our biochemicals, our neurotransmitters, and just about every single biological function is totally run independent when you get down, down to the, the basic level of these minerals. So when our minerals are dysregulated, it creates much disease and disharmony in the physical body, the mental, emotional body, and the spiritual body. So um, we feel it's a big piece, but it's been cool to, to introduce that protocol and help more people balance and optimize their mineral levels because they're all in different ratios with each other too, you know? So it gets kind of, kind of nuanced there, but, um, but magnesium is one that definitely most people can focus on just upping as much as possible because it's so hard to get enough of it. So many of us are depleted and it's so rapidly burned to combat stresses of all kinds, you know, uh -huh. whether it's EMFs or stress from, on vid and everything else running around, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what other men, like, what are some other, pro, like what else is part of this protocol for people to kind of remineralize? Where else are people mostly deficient? Mm. So mag is definitely the centerpiece because we talk about that ATP energy and the mitochondrial health, which is everything, right? Um, because people always ask, right? Like, they're like, what is at the root of X, Y, and Z condition, right? Really pick a disease and name it. This is applicable. 
when we get down to the root of it, what we see is an ATP or energy deficiency in that tissue, right? Like this is fundamental. This is at the lowest underlying level. But in order for our body to create this ATP energy, it needs these minerals. It needs magnesium. Magnesium is six of the eight steps of the Krebs cycle where our body actually makes ATP energy requires magnesium. If we're magnesium deficient, how are we supposed to create this ATP energy that's absolutely essential to run every single aspect of our being? How are we going to heal from any disease that we have going on? This is the, the power, this is the fire our body will use to combat um, disease in the system. Do you, do you play around with uh, NAD infusions or anything like that? I have. Um, what are your thoughts on them? I am a fan of NAD. The only thing, um, and this isn't to trash any, anyone that does any sort of IVs of anything, um, but typically for me, something that I feel, um, it's funny, I, I was hearing Luke's story talk about it the other day too, his thoughts, his transitioning thoughts potentially on, on IVs. Yeah. Um, more skeptical of the, the, the sourcing of it as coming from big pharma companies most of the time yeah. um, and, and not always super clean. But for me, not even as much that, even if it was the cleanest source, it's still bypassing to me. I feel as if I'm bypassing my body's ability to have a say in that. And not to say that it doesn't have a say, because I can always reflect on that beforehand and really connect with that medicine if I feel it's something I, I want my body to um, deal with or work with. But I feel even with capsules, you know, like there's this disconnect there where even if I'm taking a capsule, I make it a mission of mine to at least empty the capsule and put it on my tongue so that it can kind of percolate there with my enzymes and my being. And I can at least give my body the opportunity to say no or reject it if it wants to, if it feels. So I feel with any sort of injections, I feel it's potentially bypassing some, some defense mechanisms that we have built in there. But it's interesting because when we go to transdermal forms of many of these minerals and vitamins, that's where, uh, that's, that's where I, I reside. I love that because now our body, we can leverage that natural fail-safe mechanism through our skin where literally our, our hair follicles and our pores will open up for it if it wants it. But as soon as those levels are topped off, it's really interesting what we see is those hair follicles and those pores start to close back up. So our levels are topped off, they don't need no more. So I don't got to play guess and test with oral supplements or anything like that. I'm, I'm on the toilet all, all night if <laughs> <laughs> we're talking back these oh, yeah. especially, you know? Um, so I, so I like leveraging that natural fail-safe mechanism when possible. Um, yeah. I haven't seen any transdermal NAD. I've, I've had the some, patches. yeah. My doctor, yeah, it's like a, he's given me a couple of different to play with. Um, one's like a four hour time release. And I think the other one's maybe 12. Mm. You know, my issue with NAD is I can't fucking tell. I can't feel, I don't feel necessarily different. Sometimes I do after the IV, but you know, I am more of a, well, I still do things if I don't feel it, if, if the research says it's, it's supportive, but generally just like the feel free that you just had, like you take a drink, your mouth, right? You're, you feel that you feel it. And so there's the, the kava that, that kind of lights the mouth up and it's almost like, okay, do you want this? And, and my answer has always been yes. <laughs> yes, please. <Typically. laughs> and, uh, you know, I've generally had a great experience with that stuff. And so it's interesting that you bring that up about kind of bypassing that as a way. It's funny because we have some capsules that are coming out 
um, in November and I've tried the capsules and I, they, for me, they haven't had the, the efficacy, um, as the tonic. And I think the tonic, because of that sensory experience triggers something for me. So now I'm curious if I take the capsule and if I open it up and put it in my mouth, Mm. you know, part of the reason we're doing capsules is people drink the tonic, they can have a little nausea. And so that bypasses that for a lot of people. Some people don't like the taste. I don't know how you did the taste. Dude, I thought it rocked. Okay. Yeah. A lot of, the taste has improved over the last couple of months, even. Um, I was impressed, especially with coming out of the islands where we were ripping a lot of kava. Um, Dude, it tastes infinitely better. (laughs) Does That's good to know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the kava is just like pure root. It's like you're eating or drinking dirt. Yeah, I've heard that. This has some good, some good citrus taste in it. Anyway, I'm I'm not sure where it's coming from. He's got a little bit of pineapple in there. Yeah. Wow. And um, yeah, and that's, I mean, the the beauty of that product is it is actually the kava root that's ground and the kratom leaf that's ground. And so they're both, you know, kind of in their native form in, in some respects, there's not an extract or synthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I still have to try Kava on its own. I still haven't, I haven't tried Kratom on its own either. Wow. Which yeah. I mean, again, I, I'd be interested to see how it would make me feel, but mm. I'm pretty happy with the, with the, the returns on the feel free. Dude. Yeah. I've, I've dabbled with both individually. I've never, never blended them, but, uh, but dude, this is nice. Good. It's nice. I like it. I'm a huge advocate of feeling free. Yeah. And you'll find plenty of it around Austin while you're here. Um, okay. So let's drop into, I want to know more about the things that, you know, you're sharing with the vitality salts, with the pods. Like, how did you get into that space? You say you're an entrepreneur, like it's a kind of a big step to go into that area versus just espousing the benefits of them. Totally. Yeah. I feel Dude, like for one, we, we talked about some of the benefits and upgrades we made to the, the chamber itself for the tank. Yeah. But uh, dude, after we did that, my, my mind just went to optimizing the float tank solution, um, which is interesting. We were, we were working with so many of the, the top biohackers and elite athletes too. So kind of picking their brains as well on how we could do that. But I learned pretty early on on my magnesium journey that Epsom salt which every single float tank on the market is filled with, unless they're using our Vitality salts, is awesome, right? Epsom salt's still great. I love Epsom salt. It's magnesium sulfate. It's just um, that I learned that Epsom salt has a sneaky cousin named magnesium chloride, right? And magnesium chloride is, like you had mentioned, over 230% more magnesium than Epsom salts, right? So even just making that simple switch, if anyone at home's maybe, maybe even your, your wife, you mentioned was taking soaks in, I don't know, maybe up in salts. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but even just making that swap for a magnesium chloride would be great because now you're soaking up so many more benefits of the magnesium, which is really the, the main molecule that people are reaping benefits from in uh, the Epsom salts. But uh, then as we started sourcing the purest magnesium chloride and filling our tanks with that, we learned pretty early on that almost all of the magnesium chloride on earth is tainted <laughs> from pollutants or maybe they're, they're mined from sources that are above ground where there's a, a lot of acid rain being rained on them. A lot of them are super high, test super high in mercury as well. So soaking in those would do more harm than good. But what we did was we sourced the purest magnesium chloride on earth 
And then magnesium actually has three powerful cofactors, which is interesting too. So one of these cofactors can be absorbed orally, which is vitamin B6. So part of our protocol is one of the first things I put in my body in the morning. Um, we have a, a whole, whole routine there, but one of the first things I go over to the fridge, I grab the organic bee pollen. And organic bee pollen is the best whole food form of vitamin B6, hands down. Um, so take a few tablespoons of that, funnel that stuff down, enjoy it, um, <laughs> and get the B6 up. So that's vitamin B6 that deals with that first cofactor. And what that does, is it helps get more magnesium into the cells. So it helps your body actually soak up more magnesium. The second cofactor is potassium bicarbonate, which is interesting. So what that does is that can be absorbed transdermally as well. And what it does, is it actually helps get more of the magnesium into the mitochondria, where now your body can use that to make more ATP energy. So we go into the cell and then we get a little bit deeper into the mitochondria. A little bit deeper there. And then thirdly, another powerful one, dude, this one's good, boron. I don't know if you, if you, I'm familiar with it, but I've, I don't know that I've ever taken it. Dude, this is a, this is a powerhouse one. <laughs> really, really powerful. I know that we're going to see these next years. Boron, absolutely uh, skyrocketing in so many markets. So many markets. It's, it's one of the most powerful antioxidants ever discovered on earth. So as a result, such a powerful antioxidant that it reduces levels of oxidative stress in the body. And this oxidative stress is what burns magnesium. So the boron's actually helping keep magnesium in the cell longer as well. So now this trinity right there, or four-piece combo <laughs> of <laughs> the magnesium chloride purist with these two cofactors that can be absorbed transdermally, the potassium bicarbonate and the boron, help get more magnesium into the cell, into the mitochondria, and keep it there longer. So we took this blend, started filling our float tanks with it, Dude, even, even seasoned floaters were going in this thing and just saying that their, their levels of state anxiety and stress were absolutely plummeting, while at the same time, they were sleeping way deeper and staying asleep way longer throughout the night. Um, and then what we ended up doing is taking the step of taking that solution and that ratio of all these minerals and cofactors. And we totally understand not everyone's in the position to be able to throw down the float tank and install in their apartment living yeah, room or, yeah. or anything like that. But... So we bagged up the blend and now we have people using it for foot soaks or full body baths or making shampoos out of it and rubbing it in their hair and as like a, a healthy mineral rich shampoo, for example. Oh, no shit. Okay. So before we get, I want to, I want to hear more about your routine, kind of the things that you do to optimize for you personally. But uh, I did notice that you're big on these foot soaks and I think that is a great kind of uh, entry level thing for most people. What does that look like? Totally. Yeah, dude, the foot soaks are next level. I mean, obviously floating is the, the pinnacle of magnesium absorption there because one, it's extremely concentrated, right? So you're soaking up even more through the skin. But at the same time, we got to recognize when, you, when someone's doing a float, they're also soaking up magnesium um, through their backside, the mucous membranes on their backside, right? Their butt, they're also soaking it up through their hair. They're soaking it up through all their hair follicles at the same time, they're actually breathing it all in because you're encased in this pod that's full of salt. So people go to a salt cave with pink Himalayan sea salt and they're soaking it up. But inside this tank, there's way more salt than you would find in a salt cave. And you're in here for an hour just soaking it up in a hot, humid room. So you're also soaking up the magnesium through your bronchioles and your, your lungs as well, which is interesting. 
Damn. And so uh, I'm curious, um, how long do you recommend people do the, the foot soak for? So I'm glad you brought it back. But uh, so what's cool about the foot soaks is on the bottoms of your feet, someone at home, maybe they don't have time for a full body bath, full body, full body baths rock. But what's cool about a foot soak is you can get such an extremely concentrated solution um, in a little bit of water, right? Because it's a little bit of water. And then the bottoms of our feet, we have the largest pores on our entire body, right? So largest pores on our entire body, on the bottom of our feet, while at the same time, we have the nerve endings to every single major organ in the body, mm. says Chinese medicine. That's right. A, a little reflexology. No doubt, man. Got it all. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why it's a huge piece of the, the whole Chinese medical system. So if we can soak our feet in a mineral-rich solution, like the vitality salts or any magnesium chloride, we're soaking up magnesium ions directly through the skin, directly into the bloodstream where it could be used by the body right away while we're leveraging that natural fail-safe mechanism as well, which is far superior to oral supplementation where we have to wait nine to 12 months to see any impact at all. Damn, okay. You guys getting all this? Where, where are people going to be able to find this? I know we're, we're still going to go on with some other stuff, but just for those people curious right now, they're like, okay, tell me where I'm going to want to buy it right now. Yeah, totally. So we got maxvitality.co. So .co. Um, yeah, you'll see our float tanks, our vitality pod, a vitality pool in there, which are totally open float pool. Um, we got our vitality salts on there and our whole max vitality protocol. You can start getting into it, download our ebook. And we got a bunch of like do's and do nots to help optimize your mineral levels on there as well. And then like a max recommends page where people can see everything we recommend for. Yeah. For give, throw us a few, uh, a few, few nuggets here from the max recommends. All right, bro. Let's see what we got. Dude, there's too many. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to be your top three, but what are the first three that come to mind? Yeah, dude, I feel for one, one of the main ones that's like a really important switch for a lot of people to make is investing into the quality of their water. Right. So people at home, we're drinking tap water. Um, I'd recommend getting off. <laughs> <laughs> shut the spigot off. <laughs> yeah, shut it down. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of a lot of good recommendations there, but it's just all the pharmaceuticals that are in there. If you see the pipes, these things are being run through. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, trace amounts of birth control and pharmaceuticals in there too. And never mind the chlorine and fluoride and all that jazz. So definitely, like. That's something that impacts not just our physical being, but our mental, emotional, and spiritual health significantly, right? We're over 75% water. So investing into a high quality water filtration system is, is a solid first step there. So the pinnacle water filtration is reverse osmosis water. So this is water that's been filtered through a semi-permeable membrane to filter everything out. I'm talking literally everything. Um, and then we take that reverse osmosis water because we've got to keep in mind also the minerals were stripped out of that RO as well. And then we remineralize it. And what we remineralize it with is a high quality salt. And we're not talking pink Himalayan salt. We're not talking any of that trash um, because uh, many things with pink Himalayan. Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah. So we got pink Himalayan. I, I know it's been marketed as a, a <laughs> yeah. salt. Versus Hell yeah. A, First, the, the bleached white ionized or something like that, you know, it's definitely better than that. But almost all of it's sourced from Pakistan, for starters, and no hate on, on Pakistan or anything like that. But it's just heavily polluted with microplastics. 
And this is interesting too, is the pink in pink Himalayan salt or the gray in Celtic salt is the heavy metal iron. And many people that are listening to this may not be hip yet to the fact that iron is excess amounts of iron, which is very easy to overdo, is one of the largest stressors to our entire nervous system. Mm. Um, and this is been touted to down iron pills and get your iron out to be like yeah. Popeye and all the rest of it. But iron's definitely one of the things when I look at a food label, it's one of the main things that I'm avoiding at all costs. Interesting. So what do you recommend for the, the salt? Yeah. So for salt, if anyone's at home, I know Celtic's great. Um, that's, that's a close number two, but Icelandic, white Icelandic sea salt. So you always want a white salt because it's, it's void of all those heavy metals that would be tainting the color. So white Icelandic sea salt and Icelandic sea salt actually has two or three times more magnesium than Celtic salt and three times more potassium than Celtic salt as well. All that without the, the excess amounts of iron, which wreak havoc on the system. So Icelandic sea salt, um, feel free to get your own, but you can also pick it up on Max Recommends. Oh, okay. There we go. Perfect. Okay. So we're fixing our water. Yep. What else is in your like, what, what don't you travel without? Don't I travel without? Dude, yeah. The, the salt's a big one. I always got that salt shaker on me, man. Yep. Even, even if I have to, dude, like I almost was forced. Uh, we had, we had talked about the shenanigans last night with the flight and everything. And, uh, for anyone listening, I, the plane wasn't able to land in Austin. So they just decided not to land. They ended up dropping us in Houston and then Uber over to Austin this morning, <laughs> a couple hours ago. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I almost had to rip a bottled water, which is not, not great. I mean, I see you're ripping the glass here, which is awesome. Um, bottles are not ideal for many reasons, but if I do go bottled, at least making sure it specifically says reverse osmosis on the back, otherwise it's going to be tap water. So saying reverse osmosis, which is fairly easy to find as long as you're aware of it. And then if I was to drink that RO water, I would be dehydrating myself because it's void of all the minerals and just washing out more of my minerals. But if I add some of that Icelandic sea salt back in, we can start topping it off even lower on the bill. So you're at an airport, which, which ones are the ones you look for? Which ones at a typical airport are you going to find? They're going to be reverse osmosis. Mm. Yeah. A good tip is one. So scavenger them all uh, like Fiji, Fiji's up there. You know, I know that's one of the few that's like commonly one. I'll tell you, I stay far away from all alkaline water, which may be, may be counter to, um, some of the people that listen to this. Sure. You know, cause we hear so many great things about again, great marketing, tremendous marketing, dude. All they have to say is that this is literally, literally their, their line summed up typically <laughs> cancer cannot survive in an alkaline environment. And then and it's sold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alkaline water. That doesn't mean you're supposed to be downing alkaline water. In fact, all the water we find in nature is incredibly not alkaline most of the time. Maybe, maybe we'll hit like a 7.5 pH. Usually yeah. it's right around the seven neutral for a reason. Mm -hmm. So what they're doing oftentimes is artificially alkalizing this water. And how are they artificially alkalizing this water? Baking soda, right? Baking soda is a big one. Yeah. Even more common, adding heavy metals to the water <laughs> Perfect. that are extremely alkaline. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Or, or, or zapping it and electrocuting it and altering the structure of the water, which, um, 
what they're doing is they're running it over platinum plates, which is another toxic heavy metal that you want to avoid. So yeah, alkaline, definitely staying away from purified reverse osmosis with the Icelandic sea salt is again, one of the best investments you can make into your health for sure. All right. What else are you traveling with? Dude, it's um, one that just popped in that wants to come out. So <laughs> we'll, we'll let it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just as, as I wake up, um, one of the first things that I do after um, connecting with my inner being with uh, some, some form of gratitude practice, you know, opening up the heart and coming back into that heart center is taking a little bit of that water, right? That, that high quality water that we're, we're drinking throughout the day. And I pour a little bit into, actually first, I put it in my mouth and I start swishing it around before swallowing it. And what that's doing is it's connecting the microbiome of my mouth with my gut and getting all of that information from my tongue in my mouth that was established, all that bacteria, the healthy bacteria that developed throughout the night, those antibodies, getting them down to the stomach and preparing the stomach so we can start preparing for the day. Um, what's going to be coming down the road in these next few hours, right? So it helps my body get stronger as a result and prepare for what's, what's going to be coming. And then following that, I take the water and I put it in my hand, particularly my right hand, because that's the one that I'm, I'm using primarily. In my right hand, and I'll drink out of my hand. And that's going to be getting all those healthy bacteria from my hands as well, which are inevitably going to be ending up in my stomach naturally as I eat my food or touch my face um, into the stomach as well. And just kind of start developing this holistic interconnectedness between these different parts of my body at the beginning of the day. Damn. I haven't heard of that before. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. Tell me about red light. I have red lights at home and I've, I've heard some, you know, obviously various benefits. What are your thoughts on red light? Yeah, I'm a huge advocate. Um, for me personally, I haven't had to leverage it much while I was in Oahu, Hawaii, just because it was getting copious amounts of sunlight, bordering too much sunlight. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if you saw some of the pictures, like half of them was sunburned. <laughs> but, uh, but I'd still take the sunburn over the sunscreens. And that's, that's, that's mm-hmm. one of the most toxic things we're putting on our being. And again, I, I was joking around. I'm, I'm very mindful of connecting with my body and listening to my body of when I'm bordering that fine line of getting too much sun and you're throwing a tarp on or getting into the shade or whatever it is, calling it a day. Yeah. But uh, that's a big piece with the sun is listening to our body because our body will tell us if, if we're connected enough when to get out of the sun. It'll give us many cues. Um, but with the red light, I'm a huge advocate of it. It's especially going back to the tundra of winter, which we talked about yeah. in the middle of a cross country move, making a pit stop in Austin to meet with some awesome people like yourself, um, record some magic, and then uh, back to the tundra. And that's, I already, already talked to my girl. That's one of the first things we're going to be incorporating. Especially, dude, I love the red incandescent light bulbs up top in the home. I don't know if you've seen that. No. We're going to be lacing our home with those. So oh, dude. You see any picture of the inside of the spot? It's going to be just red. It's like, <laughs> oh, like omnipresent red light. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes, it's cool. What is, uh, t- tell me what coaching looks like with you. Coaching with me. Um, one, a deliberate, holistic approach to all the pillars of our health. So really, I have four main pillars of health in my philosophy. Um, which are the physical health, 
the mental, emotional health, and the spiritual health. What interlaces all three of these systems is our mineral levels. If our mineral levels are not optimized, how could my physical health even be close to optimized? How could my mental, emotional health, if I can't make the proper hormones and biochemicals I need, or even be able to de-stress when I attach to stressful thoughts and situations in my life optimally, if my minerals are not optimized? Same with my spiritual health as well. And this is an important piece. I think a lot of people in the spiritual community don't recognize that, again, our electrical being is also run and dependent on these magical master minerals, especially magnesium. Again, we're talking 42% of our electrical being. Um, so one, it's getting clear on what we're doing in our life that's depleting our minerals. Two, what strategic changes can we do to your life? And your being, and if we take a bio-individual approach to that, totally customize, what can we do to start optimizing your mineral levels? Maybe we'll test them with something like a hair mineral analysis test or a full Monty iron panel, which is a good one. Because um, a lot of the blood tests we get at a doctor's office, um, not that they're wrong, the markers are oftentimes far off um, mm -hmm. because those markers, it's important to note, are not the proper ranges per se. It's just the average of that spe specific lab, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe they, they live in an area with horrible, with toxic tap water and everyone's mag levels are at are subpar. That's their average, that's their range now they're giving you. Um, yeah, man. So really optimizing their mineral levels through testing, through str strategic customized approach, and as a result, optimizing their other aspects of wellness. But it's not just the minerals, you know, it's like examining their life and, the stressors in their life and the relationships with their family and any suppressed emotions that may be underlying all of that as well. And this is an interesting piece that I haven't heard being made yet is <laughs> these, because we, we talk about, or we hear people discuss a lot in the spiritual community about these suppressed emotions in our body causing disease. Right? Yeah. You, you're familiar with that? For sure. Yeah. So we, so we hear this, we hear the suppressed emotions in our being resulting in disease. But it's not like this magical thing that's happening. How is this happening? Like a lot of people skip this step in here. The, the suppressed, stressful emotions we feel inside are being transmitted to our physical body through its impact and dysregulation of our mineral levels. Mm. This is what's resulting in the disease in the physical form. This is the connection between the energetics and the physical body is this mineral piece in here. Um, so it's really important to balance that step out and we can start healing the holistic system. What are, um, what are some of the biggest challenges you face with, with, you know, working with people individually and like, what have you done to kind of mitigate those things? It's very, very interesting question. You have so many people from all different walks of life. Um, that's, that's one of them. You know, I think one of the largest pieces that we've been dealing with is the lack of education. And one of the things we're looking to, to bring to the world is helping with that lack of education uh, along the mineral piece, you know, and what their proper mineral levels should be and how they should be balanced or in ratio with these other crucial essential minerals as well, you know, but definitely the, the lack of education along the minerals. Are people generally open to the float tank or, or are they opting for the foot bath or? 
Totally. Yeah, dude, the, the foot bath's totally taken off, which is okay. cool, uh, especially for people that can't afford a float tank. You know, or but, don't have access to it given where they live. Totally. And that that's definitely a, um, something that, that I encourage people to strive for. Even if you can't throw down a float tank, no sweat. Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll throw a link in the, we, we can throw a link in the show notes too for finding a flotation center near you. But even if you pop on Google and you say, hey, float center near me, you'll, see, you'll probably likely see a good uh, five to 10 centers pop up in the, the towns around you. For sure. And tell me this, how often, uh, let's say I get one of these float tanks, how often do I need to change the solution? Yeah, good question. <laughs> um, yeah, so I know a lot of people like to know this. It's, it's good to know. So one of the things when we got into the industry, one of the main things we focused on was optimizing the filtration system. <laughs> and I'm glad we put so much energy into that, especially what was coming down the road the years later, as, as we've seen everything going on in the world, um, bacteria-wise. So um, now after every single client, when they leave the tank, so this would be cool. Like if, if you were to get that set up, um, it just hooks up to an app on your phone. After you leave the float tank, you just press an app on your phone and it would begin, it would turn the filtration system onto the tank and it would begin filtering every single molecule of that saltwater solution. It would blast it with ultraviolet light. So UV light, it would blast it with ozone purification. It would filter through a micron filter to get absolutely everything out. It would go through hair traps. And then when it's back in the tank, it uses the chemical disinfectant which we, we always recommend food grade hydrogen peroxide. Um, it's a food grade. It's far less toxic than chlorine or bromine or anything like that. You just throw a fluid ounce of that stuff in there and you're, you're ready to rock. But with that protocol, if you just turn that filter on for 15 minutes after each client, you can actually keep that same exact saltwater solution, the original solution for three to four years even before wow. having to replace it at all. Because Again, it's filtering all of that saltwater solution so um, pristinely that the water is literally as clean as new or cleaner than new by the time the next floater comes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it reminds me of like the, you know, I have a Renew Therapy uh, cold plunge and I know they've got some great ozone and, you know, I got to change the filter every now and then. But when I do, everything feels really good and fresh and clean. Yeah, totally. Where do you, are you, are you into the sauna cold plunge deal? Oh yeah, man. I was, uh, dude, yeah, I didn't tell you, but we were locked out of the Airbnb or not even locked out, but the Airbnb didn't check in until four. Right. So I was coming off the plane. I, I was in need of a, a rinse, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really all I needed, but I ended up hitting LA fitness, just ripping a day pass. Um, and, and sitting in the sauna for like two minutes. Um, and then taking a cold shower, but I'm, I'm a huge advocate of the, the, the cold and, in uh, a hot contrast therapy there. Nice. Um, I will I will, add, I will add though. I, I, one thing that I do notice is a lot of people going to the cold plunge, right? Cause it's been so widely used, which is great. I'm a huge advocate of the cold. It's a very powerful medicine, transmits a lot of energy extremely effectively. Um, but with that being said, it is also a huge stressor to our nervous system, mm. right? And again, there's good stress and there's bad stress and there's different levels of stress um, that, that we're looking to keep it within. But for people that are extremely stressed out already, sometimes that's the thing that puts them over their edge and, and totally zaps their adrenals and, and burns them out. So I feel 
for me, something I've done is not take a step back from it, but just use it more strategically and not doing it when I'm stressed out or maybe before I would have ran to when I was stressed out, hoping it would help me. Yeah. And then maybe later in the day, I was even more burned out. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah, I think that's important for people. This is like the dose is the is the is the medicine can totally. be the poison. Big time. Yeah. What is like what does the next three to five years look like for you? Where do you want to take this thing? It's <laughs> a good question, man. Um for me, dude, having an, having a lot of fun with it. Having a lot of fun with it. Like it's it's been a, a whole journey even launching the vitality salts at the beginning of the year and um launching the protocol and doing more of the coaching now, which is, has been, been really cool because it's, uh, I've been a coach my whole life, but as more, more martial arts based, you know, martial arts instructor mm-hmm. and personal training, that sort of stuff. But to be able to bring it back to the wheelhouse and help people on a real deep level like that has been, been really, really cool, man. So. Yeah. And you get to call on your experience of, of, you know, what started at the age of 16 with this traumatic event and what you've done to heal yourself. And then you get to, be the one that shares that through. And, and, you know, you're doing your research to support it, but you're like, look, this is my experience. And this is the, the, the things that I've found to be really beneficial. Try it on for size. Big time, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It was one thing I didn't mention at the beginning, but it could be worth noting, um, especially something I, I feel called to share, but the reason that my parents got me involved in the martial arts was actually because I was diagnosed with a degenerative neuromuscular disease at birth called Charcot-Marie-Tooth or CMT for short. And that, yeah, that's, that's really why they got me into it is they were hoping that getting me involved, it would kind of help with my symptoms, you know, like, muscle, yeah. like helping with the muscle strength and the balance and coordination, that sort of jazz. Um, and thankfully I stuck with it, you know. What, what happened with the, what's it called again? CMT. CMT. So yeah. where is, is it dormant? Is it not there? Is it, was it misdiagnosed? Yeah. So, and, and it's really interesting because it's something that is totally run rampant in my family tree affecting at least 50% of the, the people. Oh shit. Um, yeah. So it's been, yeah, it's, it's, it's run deep, deep through the veins and it's super, a super common disorder. It's like one in 2,500 people nowadays, which is a good amount. But, um, so a big part of my healing journey, especially in the younger years, was trying to figure out because it's a disease where there's no pharmaceuticals for it at all. Which is probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing not beyond it either way. But uh, no pharmaceuticals. There's no real treatments at all. Some PT, but it's rarely effective. Um, and, and really no way to reverse it. So what they say is just this inevitable marching forth of degeneration from your extremities starting at your hands and your feet. And eventually it's going all the way up until it attacks the respiratory system. Right. Which not, not a fun, not a fun one, not a fun one to think about. (laughs) Yeah. So since I'm so deep on the healing journey, it's definitely that that's definitely a big spark of what encouraged me to go so deep on it. But yeah, I see like my aunts and uncles and a lot of them are like totally in wheelchairs by like 40, you know? Oh, fuck. Wow. So it's been, been wild. But with that being said, as we talked about some of the benefits of floating, right? Like those three main pillars, the zero gravity, the sensory deprivation, the magnesium being absorbed through the skin. But I just feel called to point out that the benefits of a practice like floating go so much deeper those three benefits right there because 
for example, one, one float I'll tell you about is about a couple years back. I was laying in the float tank and I was doing this meditation that I do sometimes where I just kind of let my mind run rampant for like 15, 20 minutes and kind of like letting a dog off the leash type of deal and allow <laughs> it to explore all the places it wants to explore. Um, and then eventually it quiets out at the end of that time and it's easier to kind of call it to sit. You know? <laughs> so I was doing that. I was watching the mind go. It's a cool practice and just focusing on being the witness of my thoughts and not attaching with anything. You know, naturally some of them will grab you, pull you in, yank you around a little bit, <laughs> but, but trying the best you can. Um, so I was doing this practice and I noticed a thought go by of judgment, right? This is a self-judgment thought at the time. It was um, like a self-judgment thought of something I said in conversation during the day or something like that, you know? Um, so I noticed this self-judgment thought go by attempting not to attach to it, but I got sucked in a little bit for a moment. I noticed it. But what I noticed transpire in my body physiologically at the second that thought went by was profound. And what I noticed was that thought went by and there was this tension I held in my body. In particular, my lower calves, my feet and my hands, right? So I felt this so I, I was holding this energy in unconsciously in these parts of my body at my extremities due to this judgment, right? And it just so happens that after digging into the judge and the critic, the way there, it, it's established that inner voice, that inner critic or that inner judge is established to be just a little bit harsher than the harshest critic we have in the external world, mm. right? A mm. little bit harsher than the harshest critic in the mm. external world. Typically, this is developed at a young age. So typically, this is from our parents or their parenting styles. <laughs> what I saw as I reflected on this is I had such an open heart, especially at a young age, stacked with the fact that I had these, um, this overarching judge as a result of this parenting style primarily that um, was masking my open heart. And every time I would open my heart to something, it was followed by this strong judgment, right? And whenever this judgment or the thought of judgment would go by, there would be this unconscious or subconscious tension in my feet, my hands, and my calves. And this goes on for long periods of time. We're talking decades at a time. What I'm doing here, someone may not be familiar with this term. It's one that I use a lot. We're pulling our consciousness away from these parts of our body over time. I'm literally blocking the energy from flowing freely, right? I'm holding it in and I'm stopping the, my consciousness, these energy channels from flowing to these parts of my body. Also known as my ATP, also known as my minerals, all these things from flowing to these parts of my body. Over time, this can create immense disease similar to or um, equivalent to the symptoms that we see of CMT. Yeah. And just making the connection. It's not that genetics don't play a role or that CMT is not genetic, but my realization has been that what's genetic is actually this judge that transcends generations. Mm. It's not as much the genome. Um, and as I've been able to do more work, shadow work in the float tank in particular around this judge and just hearing him out, listening to him almost like a coach, you know, looking at him like a, uh, a personal trainer, a coach that's being hard on me 
because he has my best interest in mind. Mm. You know, he's trying not to because you're a piece level. of shit. Exactly. And kind of reframing that judge. Um, while at the same time, just giving him unconditional love and compassion and just kind of relaxing him a little bit. And what I've been able to see as a result of that, while also implementing practices where I'm able to allow that energy to flow more freely, which a big part for people with these neuromuscular diseases oftentimes is, as silly as it sounds to some, giving more hugs, you know, um, more breath work to allow this energy to flow and release instead of having to hold it all in, you know, whether it's martial arts, even just bring the consciousness back to these parts of my body by taking my shoes off and putting a paper towel on the ground and just kind of crinkling up, you know, but just bringing my awareness back to these parts of my body because, you know, as I say, use it or lose it. And that's just a... Well, that's beautiful. Yeah. There's like a, some epigenetics that are involved there. And mm-hmm. um, I'm curious, is anybody in your family who, who's been diagnosed with this and maybe, you know, not to the degree where they're, you know, in a wheelchair, but has anybody else like, Hey, show me what you're doing. I'm interested. I want to, I want to, you know, kind of meet this thing head on too. Yeah, they're coming around, but um, <laughs> typically, and this this is common with many things I know, uh, heard people like Paul Czech say that oftentimes the most difficult people in the world to heal <laughs> sometimes are um, your closest family members. Yeah. You know, especially siblings and things like that. But with that being said, it's really been awesome these past couple of years, especially like we've been able to, my whole entire family now has been able to to sit in these ceremony circles together. Really? For example, um, and after just seeing the change in me and um, in my life and my levels of happiness and things like that, um, you know, they, they come to the light eventually. Just take some time. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. It's been awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Where, uh, okay. So where can people find you? Um, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but give us the, the whole rundown. So everybody has it right here and we'll have it in the show notes too, but. Totally. Yes. We got the Vitality Pod. Vitality Pool at maxvitality.co. Check that out there. Um, we got the Vitality Salts, which is a great way if you don't have access to a float tank or um, you're not in a position to, to throw down a float tank right now, invest in some of those salts. Again, it's got the purest magnesium chloride with all those cofactors we talked about. Get more magnesium into the cell, into the mitochondria and keep it there longer. Um, foot soaks are great, but you can also use it. Sometimes I'll mix it with water. Um, like a half cup to, to a half cup of water and I'll use it as a magnesium oil, you know, and I'll spray it on my body if I'm on the go and I don't got time for a foot soak or anything like that. Or, um, I'll mix it with some water and some aloe as like a healthy mineral rich shampoo too. Cause again, it, a lot of the magnesium is getting absorbed through the hair follicles. The top of your head's got most hair follicles, uh, around. So that's mm-hmm. a good spot, but yeah, we got the vitality salts and then you can download the free ebook on there too. And, um, by the time this comes up, the, the new ebook will be launched and it has all the do's and don'ts for our MVP, Max Vitality Protocol, um, where it teaches people the, how to optimize their mineral levels and the importance of that for their physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Um, yeah, we got coaching services. We got the Max Recommends page in there too. You can check me out on Instagram at, at Max Casa, M-A-X-X-C-A-S-A. Um, got a lot of fun stuff there. You can see the the transition from Hawaii to Massachusetts and <laughs> everything in between. Uh, but yeah, dude, just trying to spread the high vibes and, and enjoy this journey. It's, it's all we can do. I love it, man. It was great having you here today. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you, my man. You Good bet. Stuff. 
You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events, retreats, and the TGU store. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe and share this with friends who might enjoy our platform. Don't forget to leave that five-star rating and review as it really helps us spread the love and unlearning. You can find me on Instagram at cal.callahan and on YouTube under The Great Unlearn. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn, and we'll talk soon. No, no different, only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned.